This is Over the Line on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Well, 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 well. Just want to get this out of the way here. Put a little music underneath it. Go. A long season just keeps on getting longer. This would be uh, the song Everybody Hurts, and I think it's very apropos for the Packers. When your day is Rashawn Gary torn ACL out the rest of the season. We already broke that yesterday on the show. See here. Romeo Dobbs, the wide receiver that was the de facto number one for the Packers, or acting like it. High ankle sprain. It's going to be out four to six weeks minimum. Okay. Yeah, uh, Eric Stokes, he was carted off with a leg injury. Left the locker room in crutches. Um, yeah, I believe they said on the broadcast, they said ankle and knee. And b- by the way, did you hear what LaFleur said about that injury? I have his comments. He was talking about how out of all the injuries, obviously Rashawn Gary's was the worst done for the year. But the next one he's most worried about, we already know Romeo Dobbs is out four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. Yep. Is Eric Stokes because he could miss significant time. No, I haven't heard the full extent of his injury. I just heard it was, you know, the the two injuries and Knee, he had crutches. Ankle. Lower well, body. Lower body injury. Okay, I have do I have good news though. Season's half over. There's that. <laughs> Christian Watson, the wide receiver, did not suffer a concussion. He just kind of made a glass. And Aaron Jones. His ankle injury came back negative and should play this coming Sunday against Big Mike and the Dallas Cowboys. Rowdy, the season is circling the drain and circling the drain very quickly. Well, let's see here. Sammy Watkins, I think his brain might just be injured because he can't run a right route. Um, Randall Cobb won't be back this week. Yeah, Randall Cobb's still out. A.J. Dillon, I don't even know what he does anymore. We don't even use him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has a broken thumb. His ego's a little bruised, it looks like. Matt LaFleur, he's just an idiot. I think he's, he's got brain damage. Let's see, here else are we missing that's uh, a little injured banged up? Oh, Chris, uh, eight guys. Eight guys left the game on Sunday. Well, one did come back, Robert Tunyon. Let's hope he doesn't get cramps again against the Cowboys. Oh, but yeah, there you go. There's a little roundup to search him uh, Tuesday morning. Rashawn Gary done for the year. Romeo Dobbs out minimum four to six weeks. Eric Stokes, who knows? Matt LaFleur's Probably most concerned about that. Probably more than four to six weeks. Yeah, high ankle sprains don't go away. And the Packers are just kind of dead man walking. There is still hope, though. But my God, is it very slim. Is it very slim. Yeah, you're three and six right now. Last year, the seven seed and... In the playoffs for NFL football was nine and eight, but that's not going to be a thing every year. So that means at a minimum, Ebo, you're going to have to go six and two <laughs> or better. Uh, let's see here, six and two or better. And Rowdy, those losses can't come in the division. Yeah, you can't imagine it'll come in the division or in the conference. So you're looking at if you were going to lose two games, probably the ideal ones you would lose would be Tennessee and Miami. And win the rest of them. That means beating Dallas, beating Philly, beating the Vikings, obviously the Bears and the Lions. 
Um, we'll get into the schedule coming up, but hey, how about this for good news? Uh, more information coming out. Hey, the Packers, if you believe them, they offered a first rounder for DJ Moore to the Carolina Panthers. At least you could put that feather in your cap, Brian Gutekunst. You offered something, allegedly. Could you, um, what are the, okay, if some of these reports are true. You believe it? You would say that the Carolina Panthers right now, for the most part, are trying to add draft capital. Yes. Trying to get rid of any talent that they have so that they can secure the number one overall pick, or at least try to secure the number one overall pick. Yes. Get as many draft picks as they have, clear as many roster spots and cap space as they can. Just basically totally going into a rebuild. Mm. Why <laughs> in the hell would you not trade DJ Moore for a first round pick? And then secondly, I don't know if you saw the reports about Brian Burns, their stud edge rusher came out in the same class that uh, Rashawn Gary did. Yeah. He was actually selected the edge rusher right after Gary. Yeah. So he's been a multiple time pro bowler. He's pretty good. The Rams offered two first round picks for him because they've been missing, uh, you know, a good edge rush picks? since Von Miller from the future. They basically have mortgaged almost all of their picks. They <laughs> offered another two first round picks for Brian Burns. Carolina Panthers turned it down. Now that could have been three more first picks. That's, that's it. Number one. Over. Remember we were talking about DJ Moore, like, like, you know, wide receivers. This is before the trade deadline wide receivers that the Packers should go get yada, yada, yada. And DJ Moore was on that list. And a lot of people were talking about it, but then allegedly the Panthers came out and said, no, no, no DJ Moore. This is after Robbie Anderson was left and Christian McCaffrey was traded. Like DJ Moore is the cornerstone. Uh, we want to build around him for the Carolina Panthers. Ah, do you believe it, though? The Packers offered a first-round pick for DJ Moore. Uh, uh, they wouldn't even – they offered a second-round pick for Claypool and wouldn't even offer them, like, a, a conditional other pick just to, like, beef, beef the deal up over the Chicago Bears. Do you actually believe it, Rowdy? Uh, what was the other ones? That Green Bay, uh, they didn't come close to offering a second-round pick for Jerry Judy, which was fine. But, you know, what, what were some other names out there? Well, yeah, like the to? Denver was asking a lot for Jerry Judy for a guy that really hasn't been that productive. Yeah, I just – so the Packers, <laughs> it's just one long cycle of nonsense. So – Injuries, trades that fell through. These are the, the current picks that the Carolina Panthers have after trading Robbie Anderson, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and not – pulling the trigger on Brian Burns, which supposedly would have gained two more draft pick, or two more first round picks and DJ Moore, another first round pick in 2023. They have a first round draft pick, two seconds, a third, two fourths and a fifth. I mean, really in, in theory for 2023, they could have had three first round draft picks, two second round draft picks and a third. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it it seems too good to be true for them. Like, why would, why wouldn't you have done that? Like, you would be loading up on first round picks. You'd have at two to three in the next two years. You would have again two second rounders. That's why I wonder if this stuff actually happened. Like, it's like that seems criminal for the Panthers not to make a trade for any of those. Could you imagine not coming out with some decent players if all of a sudden you had like five or six picks in the first one hundred? Why if you they, couldn't get impact players from those drafts, you need to fire your GM. You're done. Oh, this is the other one I saw, Rowdy. Uh, you know, Brandon Cooks for the Texans didn't get traded. 
Uh, but apparently the Packers were in talks there too. Well, that one was the hardest because that that was the one where Brandon Cooks made the most amount of money out of all those by a significant margin. Because he, believe it or not, Brandon Cooks was making you know in the tens of millions of dollars, making some coin. Yeah, so let's see here. The Packers were linked to like four or five wide receivers, but they're in the conversation. They didn't, they didn't get anything done. They're in the conversation. Now, one wide receiver is not going to alleviate any of the problems. No, but it'd be a, at the time it would have helped. See, out of all those deals that we have heard the Packers to be in on and were rumored, did you hear about Darren Waller as well? <laughs> yes, I, yes, there's another one, Darren Waller. Now, um. here's the thing. Darren Waller would have fit on this team perfectly. Again, he may be on my one of my fantasy teams. He's been out since like week three yeah. with a hamstring. Oh, the Packers. But still, out of all those out of all those guys, Darren Waller, Jerry Judy, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, um Elijah Moore, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. The one that I'm actually all right with is the Jerry Judy one. Who in their right mind would have <laughs> who in their right mind would have offered a second round pick for Jerry Judy from what he from what his expectations were to what he has done in his career so far? I think the Broncos I think their third round offer was good enough there. I think the Broncos were just trying to like, you know, if you're if you're willing to do this, we'll we'll take it. <laughs> and I'm kind of all right with the Brandon Cooks just because of this. <laughs> you know, if you're really trying to go all in for Aaron Rodgers and sign people, if you look at their contracts coming up next year, again, they're going to be in salary cap hell. Yeah. And they're going to have less it's not as bad as it was last year. But they have less moves to restructure than they did last year. So, again, it's going to be like the same type of offseason where you're going to fiddle money around, <laughs> open up as much money as fiddle you can here, on, the ca- yeah, on the cap space, sign whoever you can, go all. So I get it why Brandon Cooks maybe wasn't high on their list because, yeah, he's making over $10 million a year. He's a 29-year-old receiver. He's coming towards the end of his prime. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand that. But Claypool... But my other thing with the DJ Moore first round pick, yeah. real, real quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're why, here ten. Why aren't quick. they willing to draft the wide receivers? I don't since, get it. In the first round, I don't since, get it. Since basically twenty twenty, I don't understand. They have not because there's been plenty of good ones. Yeah, they haven't done it since two thousand and one. Javon Walker. If you were really going all in what and you're you gonna offer a first round draft pick, why didn't you just draft one in I don't know 2020, 2021, 2022? Instead, you get a guy in the second round, Christian Watson, who literally can't stay on the field. Well, or you could just look at some of the players that they drafted in or, the first rounds since 2020. Uh, Jordan Love. I mean, you could have got a wide receiver right there. And then you really would be saying that you're all in with Aaron Rodgers, right? Because you really yeah. want to have a backup. Yeah. All right, here, here, ready? Let's do this. Uh, let's see. Uh, this last year, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt. There's your first, first round. Yeah, you had multiple opportunities to draft a, a receiver in the first round. Uh, 2021, Eric Stokes. Uh, Again. 2020, Roddy just talked about Jordan Love. 2019, Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage Jr. Rashawn Gary just tore his ACL, and Darnell Savage is absolutely god-awful. Well, there is one thing. There's a, bright, there's a bright spot. They're moving. So, so the... St- 
The Eric Stokes injury where they say it's significant and they're more worried about Eric Stokes than anyone else outside of Rashawn Gary, who's done for the season with a torn ACL. Slot. They are saying that potentially that could move Darnell Savage to the slot where he could all of a sudden become a nickel because now you're going, you're going, yeah, you're going to have to move Jair and Rasul Douglas to the outside. So addition by subtraction, Rowdy, we could probably move these guys where they play best now. If anything, now you get to see exactly what you have in the nickel from Savage. Yeah. Because if he isn't anything in the nickel, he isn't anything on this roster next year. (laughs) All right. The other first round pick, you just said it, Jair Alexander, 2018 uh, for Brian Gutekunst. So here's Goody's first I'm actually, I'm fine with his drafts in the first couple of years, even though I wasn't a Gary fan. That's very public knowledge. Yeah, but he's you know, turned on until he turned ACL. Also, I want to say Lidstrom, the guard that I liked that year that everyone gave me crap about, he actually graded out as the best guard halfway through the season. How about so, this? Huh. Uh, we can look at the 2020 draft and be like, why? And he doesn't have a torn ACL. Instead of, help, no, at the, <laughs> instead of helping Aaron Rodgers out at the time because, you know, we all thought maybe Rodgers would be done or Goody could just think that, he went and got a quarterback in Jordan Love. Man, Captain Hindsight here. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Just think if you would have drafted a wide receiver with that first round pick in twenty twenty. Well, if you you can go through those drafts from twenty twenty on, and it's not like there's no talent up there. Mm-hmm. Remember in twenty twenty again because we focused a ton on the draft because there wasn't any the, sports. The world was ending. Yeah, there was a ton of stud receivers. Remember that was the draft where they were saying, "Hey, this is." arguably the deepest wide receiver draft of any drafts they've ever had when they started putting these type of grades out there. Yeah. That was where they, they believed that there was like upper thirties for draftable wide receivers, upper thirties, which is crazy. (laughs) And then the next year, 2021, they said, Oh, the top end talent is almost as talented as the 2020 talent but there isn't quite as deep but it's extremely talented just like 2020 Mm -hmm. and then there was 2022 that just happened and they're like oh yeah there's like six to eight guys that are all real quality wide receivers that should be pretty good now it's not as deep as 2021 or 2020 but that six to eight guys should be pretty solid with a first round pick you're easily going to be able to draft the top six to eight wide receivers yes also don't forget they traded up to get Jordan Love I mean Again, and that's the other one. And I remember Brandon when they Ayuk did that. went one pick before. I remember Jordan when Love. they did that, that I thought they were trading up and they were going to take Patrick Queen, yeah. the safety hybrid linebacker out of LSU. He went, what, tw- he went a couple picks after Jordan yeah. Love. And then they took Jordan Love, and then they didn't take the defensive player anyone was looking for or a wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, uh, before Love, let's see, Jerry Judy was 15th. C.D. Lamb was 17th. Uh, Jalen Rager was 21st. He's terrible. Justin Jefferson was 22nd. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, Ayuk, who I was just talking about, Ayuk? it was uh, right before Jordan Love at 25. But like, think about some of those guys you're naming. Obviously, some of the wide receivers that were up there in the top 15, they were going to be gone no matter yeah. what. But Justin Jefferson is a guy that the Vikings selected. Yeah. Brandon Ayuk has been a solid wide receiver See, in San Francisco. A little after him. Uh, well, I guess this is in the second round now. Was T. Higgins was the first pick, in the but that round. was one that because the Packers were drafting late. That was one that remember Michael Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was out there saying he liked T. Higgins. Oh yeah, Michael Pittman Jr. has been good when healthy. Uh, Laviscus Chenault. Yeah, bust. Uh, KJ Hamler a little later. Eh. Uh, Chase Claypool was pretty good. Pick forty nine. You're just trying to trade for him. <laughs> uh, Van Jefferson. 
uh, Denzel Mims, and then that's just the second. That's the end of the second round. But yeah, just how about those three guys? The initial three guys, basically, in the second round, where the Packers in that draft were late in the first round. You have Chase Claypool. <laughs> you you had um, T Higgins. Michael Pittman Jr. <laughs> let's, like let's, all, let's, let's try to trade for Chase, Chase Claypool again. Imagine if you get graded for a reach in the draft, but you reached on a guy that was like an early second rounder, which was one of those three names. Instead of Jordan Love. This team is so much better. Yeah. Brian Gutten. <laughs> a lot to talk about today. Well, we haven't even scratched the surface. In 2021. I mean, you're sitting there looking at the fact that the Green Bay Packers, once again, everyone in 2021 is screaming for a wide receiver. Mm. Just screaming. Into the abyss. We'll get more into the draft, Brian Gutekunst. Packers, the, uh, there are a lot of problems. But here's some good stuff. Well, let's get the bad off first. The Milwaukee Bucks lost their first game of the season last night to the Atlanta Hawks. That's fine. They're 9-1. and one. Don't worry about it. A bat, speaking of hardwood, Badger basketball back, baby. A big win over the South Dakota Coyotes. Tyler Wall swinging it big. And also, I mean, Klismet, Asijin, uh, Hepburn hitting some big shots. Uh, looking nice. I have mixed thoughts on that Badgers game. We'll, we'll get to it. It's first game of the season. Nice little win at the Kohl Center. And Greg Gard doing a nod to Bo Ryan with the red suit jacket. Damn, that was hot. Wisconsin basketball begin their campaign celebrating 125 seasons. Wow. That's crazy to say. Uh, Greg Gard is paying tribute to some of the legends throughout the 125 seasons this year. Last night, a little tip of the hat to UW's all-time winningest coach, Bo Ryan, as he rocked the red blazer with the vintage, like, 90s-looking tie. Well, how else are you going to do it? (laughs) He had to do it. And Rowdy, Gardo's missing two things, you said, in honoring Bo Ryan. What was that? Well, one, it was the snarl, (laughs) and two, it was the hair. (laughs) The snarl, the most iconic thing in college basketball. When Bo Ryan, if you were a ref, would you just crap yourself when you saw that? Hey, guys. I want to be on the other side. I mean, the the guy was the embodiment of a badger. Like, you look at his face, that's what I imagine a pissed-off badger looks like in his hole. Probably. He kind of looked like the combination of, have you ever seen Fox and the Hound? Of course. The badger in that, the cartoon badger, combined with, like, the Grinch, the Jim Carrey Grinch. Oh, he is. Many say Jim Carrey got his inspiration from looking at Bo Ryan on the sidelines. (laughs) And And see, now, that was a little bit before memes really took off. Bo Ryan was already out as head coach. Good pull on the Fox and the Hound Badger, too. I just Googled it because I probably hadn't seen the Fox and the Hound since I was just crapping in diapers. That is, like, spot on. The last one I remember is uh, Friar Tuck's a badger in, uh, in Robin Hood. Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Friar Tuck, <laughs> Friar Tuck, our great uh, Raiders listener, where have you been, brother? We got to hear from you, Friar Tuck. All right, so um, the game itself, Stephen Crowell came out, set the tone. The first points for the Badgers was a three-pointer uh, for Crowell. Uh, but then it was, you know, Chucky Hepburn with that awesome uh, bailout three-pointers, and then he also hit it right at you know halftime. That was cool. And then it was Tyler Wall who took over his fifth double-double of the year as Wall. I mean, Wall was definitely elevated this game. Now it's the first game of the season against the South Dakota Coyotes. But I don't know. Wisconsin shot more of a 46% from three. So I I think it. Before anything about the game, 
I did look up South Dakota because, like, when you're thinking of some of these early games, you're like, okay, it's South Dakota. This team isn't very good. And a lot of them are, you know, a lot of Dog Creek U-type teams that they're going to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Summit League actually once in a while they'll turn out some good NCAA tournament teams like South Dakota State, Oral Roberts, like those teams are respectable like small division schools that are normally pretty solid. South Dakota actually picked to finish third the, between three different publications that I looked at. All three had them finishing third in the Summit hey. League behind Oral Roberts and behind South Dakota State. Pretty much all of those publications had the top three, it was just flip-flopping Oral Roberts and South Dakota State, but every publication had South Dakota third. Uh, so we, this should be all right yeah. for that league. Hey, that, that guy from New Zealand, that Cruz Perot Hunt, he was ball, dude, he was he balling was in the, the first half. scoring for a while. Yeah, on the broadcast, they're like, uh, if anyone they're, else takes a shot yeah. besides Perot Hunt, then there, there needs to be a, a discussion. And what happens, like two other guys took shots right away. Yeah, they're, but they're also... <laughs> At, like at that point, he's like, there has not been an assist in this game. No, yet. yeah, it was like almost every. And then, like, yeah, you're right. A second later, it's like, and there's your first assist of the game. Yeah, <laughs> that. I mean, he was fine, but they adjusted at halftime. Uh, Rowdy, I would say this was like a, a tale of two games. The first half, Wisconsin, in my opinion, did not look very. It was good. a feeling all yeah. process. First game of the season. The second half, they looked like they finally started coming into their own. Yeah. The jump shot started falling better. Like. If they weren't making three-pointers at the clip they were in the first half, they're probably losing. Well, were they even yeah. driving into the – were they even getting anything down low in the first half? It didn't really seem like From it. From time to time, but it was, they yeah, weren't it was consistently like a, doing it. It was disjointed offense for the first part of the I, first half. I but, will say this, though, about the entire game. I like that a ton of guys got minutes. Totally. Because outside of your top three players, where you have Chucky Hepburn, Tyler Wall, and uh, Stephen Crowell – there's a lot of unknowns on this team where it's like, okay, a couple of these guys have been there for two, three years now, but they haven't really ever played or they just transferred in and they've never played on this Wisconsin team or they're guys that are extremely young and didn't really play last year or the year before. Like there is a lot of unknowns on this team outside of the top three. So I really did like that they did play pretty much everybody Same. and you Klisman, got to see everything. I really like Klisman. He was, uh, I mean, he showed why they brought him in. He, he's a shooter. What was it from Wofford? So I like Klisman for the starters. I mean, Crowell got a little bigger. Tyler Walls taking another step. That Klisman looks good. Chucky Hepburn is going to be a lot of offense to him. Here's the, the one starter though, that I raised an eyebrow at Jordan Davis. Yeah. Not good. I mean, that's, I know it's the first I, game. It's also one. You know he's more out there because he's been in the program. And Rody, you said it was what the cost. I think this is the cost of doing business to land a a recruit and a player like Johnny Davis. But but you don't have to play him anymore then. Yes, but yes, you're right. But now with this roster that is young and inexperienced, you have to give him a look, like you're saying. You could because your guy Carter Gilmore. He's been (laughs) he's been in the system for now. (laughs) Which one do you want to do, Rody? And. You're obviously going to give him a look before you give someone that's that is yeah. just got there. So yeah, you have to do your due diligence in games like these and see what he's got, no doubt. But again, 
I was really impressed with Connor. I was just going to bring it up. Connor he can shoot the ball. He can. Yes. Six four, one hundred eighty five pounds. Connor Asijan is uh, he's nice. Now you know even his misses look pretty. So I think this. <laughs> at what will we see some he point? Had more makes. At, will we see some point in this season that Jordan Davis is showing the bench and Connor Asijan is then you know in his place? See, I think for the rest of the non-conference, when you look at Wisconsin's non-conference, there's going to be more games like South Dakota where you're going to be able to rotate a ton of players. Yeah. And the more games that this type of team... See, like, when you had the 2014-2015 team that was coming off the Final Four and you were hoping to go back to another Final Four, you don't really care about the South Dakota Coyotes type games. You were looking forward to the Duke type games in the regular season because that's where you were going to get your measuring stick is if they could get back to the final four. This team isn't there. No, you want to see a lot of these South Dakota type games so you can see every player on the roster. I like they unloaded the bench. Yeah. I mean, they absolutely unloaded the bench and the Seijin, He's going to be good. Well, the one thing Klisman going to be good. The one thing with the Seijin is, yeah, he had a beautiful jump shot and it went in and the the one thing that I, I would say for my biggest question mark was who are the big guys going to be behind Steven Crowell? Because Nobody. they don't really, <laughs> they had like almost every big man left. Yeah. Yeah. And you see that there's not like Chris Hodges, who was a red shirt last year. He's a big body. He only got six minutes. What Marcus Ilvers. Yep. He's a lankier, skinnier kid that, I don't think he From really fits Estonia. the profile of a, of a real center. You don't have a, yeah, you don't really have another huge no, body no, behind Crowell and Wall outside of some very young, thin, inexperienced guys. Where's Chris Volt when you need him? But the other big question mark was <laughs> shooters. Who's a shooter on this team? Clisman. Be- because going into yesterday's game, you had Hepburn, and then who? You didn't know. Asijian yeah. was supposed to be a good shooter in high school, but you haven't seen him actually play Division One college basketball. Right. He Two looked three, pretty three good. Pointers, baby. Klisman hit some big shots. Yep. So, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised that there was as many shoot because I honestly and was Crowell like, Crowell opened up. With yeah, Crowell, hey, Crowell was Crowell was two or four, <laughs> yeah, but he did that last year. He was hit or no, miss last that, year. But. but yeah, I'm like, I was looking at this roster going, okay, I know that Hepburn could shoot the basketball, but man, outside of that. Is any can anyone else make shots? Because this could be a, a long season if you're not very athletic and you can't make shots. Yeah. I just accidentally hung up on someone. Whoever that was, I apologize. Call back in. But my my takeaway on Chucky Hepburn, was it just me or did he look leaner? He he looked like he was in better shape than he was as a freshman. Because he looked a little chunky his freshman year. Hey, growing into his man body, Rowdy. Get rid of that baby he looked, fat. No, I'm saying it as a good thing. He looked leaner. Get rid of that man body. All right, let's see. You got some phone calls. Line two, good morning. Who's this? Happy days are here again. Kyle and Stoughton, how does it feel, baby? We're talking about a winner. Oh, I love it, man. Hey, the eye test was actually pretty good last night. I think the worst shooter on the team, though, was Jordan Davis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was tough, dude. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't look good last year, and, man, he don't look good this year. But, uh, yeah, a lot of young players on this team. I think it's going to be a fun season. I, yeah, I really like Klismet, uh, what he's you know bringing in. Asijin, going to be nice. Well, yeah, loving it. <laughs> Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. God's gift to the four to six time slot. Good morning, Grant. Good morning, gentlemen. God, it's good to hear your voice. How are you today? Uh, Grant, I was doing good, but now that I'm hearing you, I'm even better, dude. What's what's happening today? What's going on? How are we feeling? Well, uh, not much is going on today. There's no NBA games on today. There was every team was playing at once last night. The Badgers were on. There was Monday Night Football. So last night, it was a little hectic. 
there was a lot I, I was trying to watch last night. Today, I feel much more relaxed. Now, Grant, I want to ask you on this uh, because, I mean, you have the, the great segment that is the NBA Lounge. Let me ask you, the Bucks ah, unfortunately fell last night. Uh, it's regular season basketball, still the best team in the NBA. How is the vibe of the Milwaukee Bucks right now, Grant Pills, despite taking an L to the Hawks last night? Well, it was bound to happen at some point. I thought it was going to happen last week to the Pistons at some point, and they won a couple more games than I thought they would. Um, it, was, it was bound to happen. I mean, they're missing their, their starting Strong forward and they're starting shooting guards, so yeah. I'm okay with the start. This is pretty. This is pretty outstanding. The Bucks are the best team in basketball, and everyone says it. Like I, you know, I talk to listeners and like, why don't we talk about the Bucks? Or nobody talks about the Bucks. What is there to say? I know, right? That's what everybody says in every podcast I listen to. <laughs> they really talk good. About how the Nets stink. Yeah, the Lakers stink, and oh, the Bucks are the best team. What else is there to say? There's nothing else to say. I, I know. It's like when when. Your team wins and is undefeated and keeps winning and winning and winning. There's like, there's not much drama. It's like, what the, what is there to talk about? Yeah, this guy's really good. This guy's really good. This guy's really good. All right, they're like the Packers, for example. That gives you a treasure trove of topics to talk about. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah. Or even sometimes when the Packers are winning, you know, Aaron Rodgers says something kind of clever in a press conference, so we all got to talk about it. And we could have Mike Clemens on to get his reaction about it. Giannis doesn't. Do any of that? Giannis is like, oh, I figured out you could dunk Oreos in milk. How cool is that? Like, there's no drama with him. In the box. He's like, yeah, oh, I just tried Skittles for the first time. They're incredible. Like, Please. that's Giannis. He's Giannis. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this: Is Giannis the most likable? Uh, is Giannis the most likable athlete in all professional sports right now? I mean, I'm a Bucks fan, so obviously I'm going to say yes. I'm trying to think if there's anyone who comes close. I, I don't think so. I think it's the innocence of his accent. Yeah. Like, the fact that he's a foreigner makes him more innocent, whereas, like, really deep down he's a cyborg who, like, murders people on a basketball court. But then in his press conference, he, like, he just has such an adorable accent. And he's like, I, uh, I just figured out, like, what Skittles were. I had a smoothie. It's like, oh. This guy's the best. How about this? We just, one of our listeners, uh, Beamer Bobby, just messaged me. He said, you guys could clearly talk about how Mike Budenholzer should be coach of the year. How about that, Grant? Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking of the election day today, speaking of campaigning, maybe we got to start that campaign. I didn't even think about that. Uh, Bobby, uh, Beamer Bobby did call for that when the Bucks were, I think, like 2-0. and 2-0. Oh. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, so he, he's the front runner of this. Hey, Grant, speaking of uh, non-front runners, how you handle now? I... Don't take this the wrong way, but I feel like you've always prayed for the downfall of Aaron Rodgers ever since 2020. How does it feel to see the Packers now circling the drain? Well, before we get into it, why do you always say that? I'm always listening to you in the morning. We're talking about I just the get the vibe. That's like, the vibe oh, I get. Greg, Greg Bills probably loves this. I feel like you're the Peter Bukowski of the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. I'll be in with Peter Bukowski. Don't let me in with Peter I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean game. that. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean half, that. Half of, I'm just throwing something at the wall, like, see if it stick. Rodgers, Rodgers should be benched. He should be traded. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, Rodgers didn't play great, but, you know, this is the team they built. Rodgers doesn't have a lot of help. I am Mr. Reasonable right down the middle of the aisle. I'm, I am Mr. Bipartisan on this issue so far this season. Okay. And you're okay. lumping me in with the, with the radicals. Well, that's my bad. The, 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 the radical the radical cheeseheads. The radical cheeseheads wants Aaron Rodgers benched. We can't have this in Green Bay. I'm not praying for his downfall because they're paying a bunch of money this year and next year, and he's got a team option after that. So this doesn't really benefit anyone. No, I don't know what to do with this team. It seems like everything that can go wrong is going wrong, right? Like even when they made a good play on Sunday, it would come back because of a penalty or someone would drop the ball. It's just, I don't know. It's just not their year. And they're not that good. 
All right, it's so a gross combination. That's why they've lost five in a row. Radical cheeseheads are calling for the benching of uh, Aaron Rodgers for Jordan Love. Which, uh, if you think Aaron Rodgers, not you, Grant, but the che- radical cheeseheads, if you think Aaron Rodgers isn't good, what what he's got around him, what the hell do you think Jordan Love is going to be able to do with the talent around him? It's <laughs> like uh, zero points is zero points, but it could get worse. Grant, who is public enemy number one for you right now? Is it Matt Lafraud? Is it Brian Dummekunst? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it Mark Murphy? Who is public enemy number one? I couldn't think of a clever name for Gutekunst, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, did you guys did you guys get in at three forty five this morning? Have a pre show meeting to come up with nicknames? Those are those are up. Well, I got a lot for Le- I got a lot for Lafleur. Yeah, Matt Lafleur. I look. I don't know that there is a public enemy. I I'm frustrated by everyone. I'm frustrated that Brian Gutekunst just took four years of his life to not draft any wide receivers. So now the the cupboard is barren. There's nothing in there for Aaron Rodgers That's in the offense. Great video you had, by the way. Yeah, I got you know got controversy. I don't really know why, but you know that can be a can be a conversation for another time. I don't think it's all Brian Gutekunst. I don't think it's all Matt Lafleur. And then I I don't think it's all Aaron Rodgers. He had a couple of bad throws the other day, but of the rest of the game, I don't really know what he's supposed to do. Like his guys can't get open. Sammy Watkins ran five routes, or excuse me, targeted five times on Sunday. Evo he uh, he had two incorrect routes, two drops. And one catch. That, that was his day. That, that was Sammy Watkins. And that's the guy that we're supposed to go to with the game and the season on the line. It's just, <laughs> that stinks. It's just not good. It's not. Um, okay, let me ask you so. this. You know how I feel about Mike McCarthy. I'm a big Mike McCarthy fan. I, hell, I was one of the members of the Mike McCarthy fan club. I was high up in the rankings. You were. Mike McCarthy and the boys come back to uh, well, Mike McCarthy's return to Lambeau Field is on Sunday. What happens, Grant? Uh, will you boo Mike McCarthy? Will you cheer? Will you sit there and just give a tip of the cap? And then what happens uh, throughout the game? I have no quarrel with Mike McCarthy. Um, you know, time heals all wounds. They say that. Just a couple of years removed from Mike McCarthy, we can remember the good times when he was parading that Lombardi trophy around Green <laughs> Bay and his stylish blue quarter zip and his beret. God, that was a fit. Man had style. Man had style. You can't take that away from him. I think he won. I tweeted this yesterday. And it's going to be weird, but I think you'll agree with me here. I think on Sunday, assuming the Packers lose, which they will be predicted to do so by Vegas, and I think many fans, the Cowboys are good and they're coming off a bye, I think we're going to have a bizarro situation where Mike McCarthy comes out onto the field and is cheered. A warm reception from the Lambeau crowd. And then going into halftime, if the Packers are down, you know, 20-3 to three or whatever, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers and the current Packers will be booed. Can you imagine thinking that two or three years ago? McCarthy was going to get a warm reception and the team itself would get booed. That's insane, but I can totally see it happening. Grant, you're on See, I don't see why anyone would want to boo McCarthy. I, I mean, like you would. he won a Super Bowl, and when he started really struggling, he got canned what everybody pretty much wanted. You know he has more wins than Vince Lombardi? The coaches. Grant? Grant? Grant Bills? Grant? Well. Did you lose me? Oh, oh he's back. Hey. hey, he's back. Hey, Grant. Oh, oh. We lost What about Vince Lombardi? I'm sorry about I said that. Mike McCarthy's got more wins than Vince Lombardi. More Super Bowl rings, correct? No. No. Wait, you said more rings? What did you say? Wins. Oh, wins. With a that W. Makes more sense. The W. Uh, yes. I think people. I think the press conference that McCarthy did yesterday is going to do him a lot of favors. I'm, I'm going to play that coming up here. You missed the people. I, yeah. 
Matt LaFleur cries at halftime when he gets pounded by the Bills. Mike McCarthy cries because of all the memories and the good, you know, things he's done and had with Green Bay. Berating a ref. Berating refs at high school basketball games. Has Mike McCarthy (laughs) way. Listen, Mike McCarthy knows a thing or two about bad refs. He was just letting that ref know, hey, you're doing a poor job. Yeah. And they're like, sir, please leave this high school basketball game. I lived through replacement refs, and you're bad. Grant, did I see you doing a high school football game over the weekend? Or last week? Uh... No, what? No, I don't think so. Well, I thought Why? it was on your like Facebook account or, or what did I? Or t- never mind. Maybe I'm making um, things up. I'm making things up. No, but you know me, world's biggest high school football fan. I I love watching kids play sports. That's, that's well, didn't you, didn't you have to do a couple? Did you have to do a couple? Is what I was going with. Oh yeah, we, I worked a high school game or two this year. Yeah, God, what the hell sure. did I see? I'll figure it out, Grant. Hey, Grant, what do we got coming up on the Wisco Sports Show, my friend? Mike Clement. Come on, say today. Excited to hear. Yeah, I'm excited to hear him talk about that conversation with Mike McCarthy he had yesterday. That's, we're going to maybe get emotional tonight thinking oh, about Michael, McCarthy. Michael, Michael, play all his questions that he uh, asked Big Mike, and they'll be nice and loud for you to hear. Grant, we love you, buddy. <laughs> love you guys. Have an awesome day. Thanks for the time. <laughs> Store. Now, Grant did bring up Mike McCarthy's beret that he wore uh, when he came out with the Lombardi Trophy after they won. It wasn't raspberry, it was tan. Uh, brown. Wasn't that a flat cap? Yeah, I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. Grant said beret. Got me thinking of Prince. Hey, I mean, they don't really have a raspberry flat cap. <laughs> brown flat cap. <laughs> Set the mood a little bit here. Little, the Guess Who? Their incredible song, These Eyes. These Eyes. Hey, you're that, you're that guy, right? You're that guy? What's the super bad quote, Roddy? Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy's cousin. Hey, you're Jimmy's cousin, right? Oh, you're going to sing. Oh, I play this song right here. Long to hold you again. For Big Mike, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy was on the podium yesterday. Doing his rounds. Dallas Cowboys media, as well as the Green Bay Packers media. My guy, Big Mike, got a little emotional up there on the podium. They're asking about his time with uh, the Green Bay Packers. And he started reminiscing, talking about what it meant coming back. Got a little teary-eyed, you know. These eyes. They cry every night. Watched you bring my word. Longing for the Green Bay Packers. Now, he's with the Dallas Cowboys now. Cowboys had a pretty damn good year. And, Rowdy, when we first circled this game. And um, how about this, though? Came out. The good year that they're having, they had to play roughly half of it with Cooper Rush. Yeah. Something he couldn't do in Green Bay was win with a backup quarterback. My guy, Big Mike, and the Mike McCarthy School of Quarterbacking in full force. Cooper Rush to Dak Prescott, who's now pretty healthy. I want to play this for Mike, then I'm going to play Mike blubbering a little bit on the podium. Because why? These eyes are crying. These eyes have seen a lot of loves, Rowdy, but they're never going to see another one like they had with Big Mike. Let me play a little clip from Big Mike here. Mike McCarthy was asked about coming back to Green Bay. And he gets emotional. Here you go. Mike McCarthy on coming back. To Green Bay. Take a listen. 
I think it's just like anything in this league. You have to get ready to, to go win. And, you know, that's really where my mind is as far as the game. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, I have great memories about Green Bay and, you know, obviously spent, spent a lot of time there. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm four years removed from working there. And um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to taking our team up there. And then Mike McCarthy, before he hasn't started crying yet, but he will. Uh, he was asked also about, you know, this coming matchup if, um, you know, he enjoys Lambeau Field. What what what's enjoying more coming to Lambeau Field or just winning the game? This is a really cool place to compete. Uh, so it's obviously a lot like you know AT and T Stadium. I mean, we have a, an unbelievable stadium that people enjoy coming to compete at, and it's uh, you know very similar up there. You know, obviously the history and tradition of Green Bay and Lambeau Field, and you know it's an experience that um, you know I want them to maximize. And but most importantly, we, you know we're going up there to win the game. And then was asked, has he been looking forward? to this week uh it's here I, I think it's more like that uh you know I, I think we're in such a you know when I, when I, when I had obviously I had to think about it today because I was, I was coming into this wonderful session but uh this is more about your family and your and your friends you know people say hey when you coming in like you know like I'm gonna fly in Wednesday for the weekend you know I mean it's you know we're gonna get there Saturday at five o'clock like we always do and then Rowdy here's Mike McCarthy Gets a little emotional. Take a listen to Big Mike. I mean, the lifestyle in Dallas, Texas is incredible. I mean, this has been an incredible, incredible opportunity for us as a family. But, you know, uh, Jessica was born there. Kids were born there. <laughs> so, people. Miss the people. Oh, Mike, Mike's getting I mean, me all teary eyed, Rowdy. He's, he's crazy. He misses the people. His family was born there. He's talking about how he's not going to go drive or walk on Mike McCarthy Way, but there is a pizza place that they enjoy on Mike McCarthy Way. And he said if the kids want pizza, because he still has a house in the Green Bay area, he was talking about, if the kids want, I think it was called Sammy's Pizza, that's on Mike McCarthy Way. He said if the kids want Sammy's Pizza, we go and get Sammy's Pizza. He's like, I love it up there. I love Green Bay. I love the people. My kids were born here. He He was crying on the podium talking about how much he loves Green Bay. And again, the people, and it just it warmed my heart to see Big Mike up there, kind of blubbering a little bit. I think it was called Sammy's Pizza. Yeah, I found it. it was Sammy's rate. Pizza, an Italian restaurant, four point five out of five stars. Woo! Is it on Mike McCarthy Way then? Uh, according to this, it, right off of it, it is on Oneida Street. Okay, so it's like yeah, right off of Mike McCarthy Way. Our guy, Big Mike, dude. Uh, let's see here. Uh, he also was asked. You know, he was the last coach to win a Super Bowl for Green Bay. Uh, asked if there was a video tribute and if fans were clapping, how would he respond? I think this is another emotional clip. The fans clapping? I'll take that. I mean, I, I'm not going to. Absolutely. I was, uh, you know, the Green Bay fans are very nice, and then we're expecting them to be nice Sunday afternoon. But, uh, no, I, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. That's, you know, you know again, I'm, I'm going there to win. Big Mike's going there to win, baby. And on returning to face Aaron Rodgers. Now, 2018, Rowdy, we were, I said this, you said this. It felt like Aaron Rodgers was trying to get Mike McCarthy fired. 100%. Like, that relationship was over. And it felt, okay, Rodgers had with the, like, the fracture in his leg, yada, yada. I felt like Aaron Rodgers was missing throws that you would never see Aaron Rodgers miss, maybe besides this year. And it was like, I feel like he's intentionally doing this to get. And then you would see like after a play that went haywire, him barking at McCarthy and then barking at each other back and forth. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot more. If I remember correctly, there was a lot more throwaways than even than even usual. Yeah. Oh, he was asked 
on the return to face Aaron Rodgers. Really looking forward to seeing Aaron. Uh, we've had great communication. I have nothing but you know love and, and gratitude for him. Um, I, I think like anything in, in life, I think personal relationships are, are private. I'm you know you got to remember I was born in the sixties, so I'm, I'm I'm being better at expressing myself publicly. <laughs> and uh, but no, I, I uh, just a whole lot of appreciation not only for him but the players, the teams that we had there. I mean, we, you know, we had some you know great great times. And I quote, you got to remember, I was born in the 60s. I'm trying to do better. <laughs> what the hell did he say again? Really looking for a private. I'm, you know, you got to remember, I was born in the 60s. So I'm, I'm, I'm being better at expressing myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Big Mike. And one more on Rogers. When I think of him, I think of the, all the one-on-one conversations we used to have, especially in the younger days. And uh, it always ended with a hug and I love you. So cool. and that, that's when I think about our relationship. Um, you know, I, I think... He made me a much better coach. I mean, you're talking about a man that's, you know, one of the premier professional athletes of his generation. I mean, Mike McCarthy, America's coach, sounds like America's dad right there. I'll say this. I, I, I love McCarthy. I have always loved McCarthy. What he just did in the podium yesterday, I loved it. it. It made me like him even more. Mike McCarthy, for the falling out that there was between him Aaron Rodgers and just just the Green Bay situation in general. He never once through all the years where clearly him and Aaron Rodgers knew that the uh, cupboard wasn't always full, right? Yeah. There's a lot of lot more to be desired in the talent realm on this team, especially from what, 2014 to 2018 where Aaron Rodgers was like kind of willing these teams. <laughs> the team on his back. Um, hey, thanks, Ted. RIP. He's never thrown anyone under the bus. Never. He never, he never has, and he's never said really a bad word about anyone. And I mean, how the- many times did we have to hear him go up to the podium when the quarterback position was in disarray when Aaron Rodgers went down, and he had to bang that desk and say, "I, I got three years invested in Brett Hundley." Question I just answered. Okay, I got three years invested in Brett Hundley, two years invested in Joe Callahan. The quarterback room is exactly where it needs to be. You know he didn't believe that. No. And you knew that they were looking they were for the quarterbacks. They were trying to get Brian Hoyer when he said that. Mike McCarthy had never thrown a single person under the bus. Uh, was he maybe too loyal to some guys to a fault? Yes. What about when Eddie Lacy was eating anything under the sun? <laughs> and he still wouldn't say anything really bad about Eddie Lacy about, but, you know, he's got his, he's got his weigh-ins, you know. I, I mean, Brian, <laughs> Brian Gutekunst sometimes comes to the podium to explain himself. Ted Thompson never did. Mike McCarthy had to go up to the podium, take all the slings and the arrows that what Ted Thompson did or usually didn't do and just grin and bear it. And he never threw a single person under the bus. And now this, I'm saying this as a guy that was ready to get, the ready to fire McCarthy, ready for something new. You know, I don't hold any punches. Your little quarterback guru. That was hilarious because every guy, Mike McCarthy school of quarterbacking. Yeah. The Mike McCarthy school of quarterbacking. That's an LOL. I mean, Aaron Rodgers credits all success to it. And you know, I have the clip, you know, no one else can because no one else had actually worked for, I guess. I guess he had to get out of green Bay to do it. He had to do it in Dallas. You get Cooper rush and now Dak Prescott. You know it. You know I have the clip route. And, and you know it. I did some deep dives and went through every single quarterback he's ever worked with, yeah. and the second best one. Well, what's your point you were getting to besides the Mike McCarthy School of Quarterbacking? <laughs> you said, you know, I don't hold any punches, and he went on the, yeah, the, but the I'm tailspin saying, of the School of Quarterbacking. Uh, well, I'm saying, hey, the guy has been a pretty stand-up guy, even though yeah, he's people been, wanted him to run out of town because it was time. Because shame, it was time. On, shame on you, Mike McCarthy haters. 
Shame on you. Thinking about being uh, on the beach somewhere in Southern California, they really have meant the most to me. This quarterback school, hours were invaluable to my success. Right there, Aaron Rodgers, and I quote, those hours were invaluable to my success. The Mike McCarthy okay. School of Quarterbacking. Yep. One more clip. Let's just state the facts. I'm, I'm a highly successful NFL head coach. Thank you, Big Mike. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Cooper Rush, Dak Prescott. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> those were the two quarterbacks that he basically Hall of made famers. Yeah, made his career off of, right? Here, here's the clip. You want to hear the Are they one? not Hall of Famers? Here. Brett Favre yeah. before and after McCarthy? When McCarthy came, he rejuvenated Brett Favre. Here's the start of the clip. From Rich Gannon to Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, this school has been one of the secrets behind McCarthy's quarterback success. That's ESPN. That's ESPN. Yeah, and we know ESPN lies. Well, that was when ESPN was good. Oh, sure it was. That was from like 2008. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's bridging that's the gap. That's when bit. it was getting into don't make me go up and... Uh, Look Look into the Make-A-Wish dates again. Well, you can't deny Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Rich Gannon. <laughs> Anyways, outside of that, <laughs> I looked up all the, the quarterbacks that he had. Is this, remember, the, is this the we ba- had this, is this the, Hey, I like it. Mike McCarthy, but here comes the backhanded thing. Yeah. yeah. Remember, I looked up every single one of the I quarterbacks. I know, Rowdy, and you go with The next best this, guy this, this. is Aaron Brooks. Let's see. Okay, Rowdy, let me ask you this. If Aaron Brooks was in your uh, repertoire, but you can say I have Rich Gannon, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers, and then there's Aaron Brooks. Wouldn't you think that's a pretty successful school? Brett Favre is not his, and you could even argue that Rich Gannon he gets he gets he's taking credit for Rich Gannon and Brett Favre towards the end he, of their Mike careers. Mike McCarthy's not. That was the clip. That was whoever made the video. Again, ESPN lies. Rowdy. It, making Aaron Rodgers, as Aaron Rodgers says, the school is invaluable to success. You have one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. I think he can hang his head. Aaron Rodgers was also supposed to be potentially a number one overall pick, but his attitude had him drop. I think, I think you can hang it your head on that just fine. Aaron Rodgers has an attitude of me, 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 and there's a little bit of something that needs to be tweaked in his mechanics for the NFL level. But the guy's got everything. That that was like his draft profile. But nobody, it was basically the attitude that made him drop. Packers were lucky, but. It's not like this was some sixth-round quarterback. How the ball moves down the line. The way you're holding the ball, the way you're braiding your left and right That's hand. That's not from everything That's Matt follow through, And then the way the ball looks. You're really breaking that thing down to a science. Uh, it really gives you a good feel of what you need to work on. There you go. From Rich Gannon to Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, this school has been one of the secrets behind McCarthy's quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Was through those long hours and days watching film, when you're thinking about being uh, on the beach somewhere in Southern California, they really have meant the most to me. Those quarterback school hours were invaluable to my success. There you go. The, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game says those hours were invaluable to my success. So yeah, Mike McCarthy coming back. Would you boo Mike McCarthy? Would you applaud Mike McCarthy? I'd cheer him. Or would you just you stand there and Bowl. sip your beer? Yeah. He's got his own street. Mike McCarthy way. Last Packers now, coach to win the Super Bowl. If we would be sitting here. He's the last coach to win an NFC championship game. LaFleur can't even do that. If we're sitting here and Mike McCarthy didn't have a Super Bowl and you ran through this entire. Say they. say they I, I, this, this would never be a topic, Rowdy. If he never won a Super Bowl. Say they lost that game, though, to the Steelers. This wouldn't even be a thing. I think I think he might get booed. Yeah. Because like, then you wouldn't have a Super Bowl in the last 25 years. No. 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it would be Holmgren. Like, if the Super Bowl, if they never won it, the Mike McCarthy fan club never be a thing. The Mike McCarthy school of quarterbacking would be non-existent. Uh, we would be talking about like how you know, we wasted Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, or Aaron Rodgers in the sense. It wouldn't be a thing. But here's the thing. Here's what happened. Mike McCarthy has done something that Matt LaFleur can't do, win an NFC championship game, and then go win a Super Bowl. Big Mike, baby. That picture of him, that picture of him holding the Vince Lombardi trophy. Doesn't that just look so long ago? All the confetti coming down. Who looks champions older? in the background. Who looks older now? Oh, I'm getting Mike McCarthy or Aaron Rodgers. Who has aged more since that Super Bowl? McCarthy or Rodgers? Uh, McCarthy got a little thicker. Yeah, but, but <laughs> Rodgers looks pretty old and haggard. I know Mike McCarthy is like he, he looks he I'm trying to say this here. Rodgers looks a little more haggard and like he's aged quicker. Mike McCarthy obviously has gotten a little larger, but he wears that. He, whatever he's doing, he's doing it well right now. You know, he's, he's looking like America's dad. He's looking like cool America's dad. I think I might vote Rodgers. Because <laughs> he really did get old looking. Oh, you're saying Rodgers looks worse than McCarthy? Yeah. Though? yeah. Like, it's not like. Big Mike was ever in shape, in shape since he got to Green Bay. Well, he was a shape. He was always a little chunkier. Yeah, thick. He just got older and got chunkier. Thick with two C's. Rogers looked older. Like, he, he's not even 40 yet. Was he 38? He's not even 40 yet. He, he I think he turns 39 in December. Let's see here. Yeah, December 2nd. He'll turn 39. I got Aaron Rodgers. Hey, man, losing a bunch, that'll age you quick. Ayahuasca ages a man, says the king. (laughs) Have you done it, Kinger? Kinger. You've seen some things, the machine elves. That'll age you quick. Different dimensions open up. All right, we'll come back. There's a little uh, big mic for you. You expect to walk down Mike McCarthy Way at some point this weekend? I just drive by once in a while, make sure the sign's still up. Mike McCarthy Way, a highly successful street and a highly successful guy who covers the Packers, our guy Mike Clemens. Good morning, Mike. You realize that Aaron Rodgers, that's the, that's his way to practice every day. I love it. He pulls out of the parking lot in his old golf cart with the block Bakhtiari, makes a slight right turn onto Oneida, and then a quick left and has to take Mike McCarthy Way to practice every day. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I love it, Mike. I, I love it. It's great. I've noticed LaFleur uh, goes down military. He never takes McCarthy away. <laughs> Will LaFleur ever have a street named after him? Uh, By the way things are going right now, I don't know. Not this year. Not this year, I don't think. Um, Maybe I like think, a dead end, because that's where the season seemed to be ending lately. You know, I thought that this was a remarkably healthy season, all things considered, uh, for the first six, seven weeks of the season, and then to lose eight guys in a game. And, it, you know, it brings up a lot of uh, discussions about field turf. Um, I, I look back at some notes. Actually, Ford Field had grass in there for a while, and then they changed it, they changed it back in uh, 2019, put in a new field turf surface. But well, see, you know, Devondre Campbell's tweet saying, like, uh, the field monster brought them all down. they got to change that. I think it was Campbell that said that. It was. It is. And and he's right because, you know, I've had Josh Sitton 
Uh, we used to have him on regularly uh, for two or three years. And before and after uh, the game in Detroit every year, he would tell horror stories and complain about it and say, you know, I, uh, uh, Dorsey Levins years ago as a running back, we'd ask him about, you know, what's it like being on that turf? And he said, you know, put on a helmet and some pads, go to your living room and start playing tackle football. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, you know, Sitton said it's a parking lot with a carpet on it. Yeah. You know, it's an enclosed parking lot. That's what Ford Field is. So does not uh, sound good. No, no. So all these guys banged up. And now, uh, for you know, with all the mistakes that were made uh, offensively in that game, um, you know, where to even start going against a, a, a team that's rolling, the 6-2 and two Dallas Cowboys? Isn't it interesting? About a month ago at this time, they were already, uh, you know, putting Mike McCarthy on the hot seat. And getting ready, for, you know, that Sean Payton was going to come back to Dallas and take over that job, right? Yeah. That doesn't look like that right now. But LaFleur had a long press conference yesterday, and he talked about trying to prepare for Dallas. Uh, and, that, you know, now this is when you're going to end your five-game losing streak? You know, we could all do a little bit better. We have to in order for us to win games. You know, it's it's unfortunate that we're in this situation, but we are. And so the focus is on making sure we do everything as best as we can each and every day to make sure that our process is right. Continue to look at yourself and ask yourself, what can I do better? Because we need that from the collective effort in order for us to, to make that jump and, and come out on top. But certainly everybody's extremely frustrated. You know, I, I know in my time in the league, I've never experienced, I don't think, a five-game losing streak. So it's been frustrating, but... You know, it is what it is. Now, Matt LaFleur said something, and it sparked a, 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 something in my brain, Mike, which might be scary. So he said they got to keep doing the other processes, yada, yada, yada. Again, maybe we do a Seinfeld approach where George Costanza does the exact opposite of everything he's doing, and stuff starts working out for him. Just an idea. Just an idea. Um, I'm just at, at such a loss. Because uh, whatever he's doing it ain't working right now. No, you know, and... Um, you know, people say, how can you win 13 games a year uh, and go to the playoffs three years in a row and then have this and hit the wall? Right. And, and you know, people are saying, how come the defense was so hyped? I Did you see? I just I watched the TV version last night. Actually, I think it was at halftime, Fox put up a bunch of different headlines, and one was from our boy Rob Reichel. <laughs> Hell yeah, Robbie. That defense could be dominant this year. You know, they put out in, in, in August. And the fact is, last spring on paper, uh, the, you know, when you sign Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas and how well they played last year, and then the reality that, you know, you're going to get um, Jair Alexander back. Now, you know, you, you decided that the, the, the Zadarius Smith – with a bulging disc didn't sound like a good idea to bring back for that kind of money. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, the money that they had to save with Billy Turner at offensive tackle and Zadarius Smith at outside linebacker is what they had to put together for the $50 million package for the quarterback. And, oh, let's see, Zadarius was what? NFC Defensive Player of the Week? Yeah, I think he leads the NFL sacks, or he did the uh, week previous. Yeah, so he made an amazing recovery 
surgery or surgery wise with that back um, that that ends up, that ends up being a bad decision a bad decision uh, and the fact is uh, n- none of us were saying hey the offense looks great first of all you know Aaron Rodgers wasn't there you know who else wasn't there I I, I think this guy is a great player a great guy but do you remember Alan Lazard didn't show up until the last day of the mandatory. Yeah, he was holding camp. out. Was restricted. Yeah, didn't, he had that little thing with his contract. And didn't you also mention? I think it was you that said he was building a house. Uh, yeah, in Iowa. In that's Iowa, what he told yeah. Me. That because I was the first. Yeah, to talk to him. Like, yeah. So why did you take? A, well, I'm doing this to do this and building a house. And I got to learn more about his foundation. You know, over the top and some of the marketing done for that. But it's just like. You know, here you're against the stinking Lions, and and that Sammy Watkins route at the end of the game. Oh my God! I mean, if the even if the route calls for you to go in, if you got a defensive back that's got inside leverage, and you can look over your left shoulder and see the corner of the end zone is wide open, instead he's turning in with double coverage on the inside. Rodgers is bouncing in off the empty turf, and there would have been your, you know, miracle touchdown, and Mason Crosby kicked the field goal. I mean, you know, I mean, that performance from Sammy Watkins, um, forget about the injuries. It's it's like, okay, well, this is why this guy's had been on five different teams. It just doesn't sink in at some point. None of it is good. And, And then the play calling. You know, I'm all for trick plays. I just asked... Adam Stenovich about this, like you know, maybe why don't you guys have a little fun with your I mean, these other teams you're 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 playing? Because yeah, the Lions uh, love them. The Lions they'll love do a wildcat or something like that. And I said, yeah. is, is that is that because Joe Philbin once told us it's actually when McCarthy got fired. Remember Philbin filled in for four yeah, games, yeah. and after two games, clearly they weren't going anywhere. Tom Silverstein for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel uh, said, "Hey Joe." You got two games left. Why you have a little fun? Do a wildcat or something. And he goes, Hell yeah. Why would I? He said, Why would I ever take twelve off the field? <laughs> Which makes you say, Oh my God! I mean, this guy just controls. They would. They they wouldn't even consider a whole chapter of, of possible plays because they wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers off the field. Isn't that weird? Do you remember? Think about all the the plays in the last couple well, of years. Well, that 2018 that Drew Brees took off so that Sean Payton could put Taysom Hill in there to do something. Yeah, he ran. He, he ran that one yard up the gut, real good. Taysom Hill. The only so, thing I would say about that though is Drew Brees was a shell of what he used to be. He couldn't the, make um, all the plays. Yeah, absolutely correct. Correct. But does anybody remember when the Miami Dolphins brought back the Wildcat from like the old Wing T days? Who their quarterback was? And I'm going to say probably not because Chad, he wasn't good. Uh, the the, the uh, former Jet. Who was, was it? Chad, Chad Pennington? Pennington? Yeah. Yeah, and, and that guy that was the offensive line coach, They that team beat the Super Bowl Packers uh, by a score like Sunday's game with just running the game. They beat them at Lambeau Field. Uh, that's when the Packers had back-to-back losses and all these injuries. They lost to the to the uh, to the Washington team in Washington, and then to the Dolphins, and uh, and then at that point you thought, man, the season's really over, and then they turned it around and they got on their run and they went all the way and won the Super Bowl. So 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 what's the deal with this David Bakhtiari, you know, dropping off? Rogers throws another low ball. The, you know, one of the interceptions, 
He threw bounced off a helmet. This was a low ball that Adrian Hutchinson, the rookie defensive end, picks off. And, you know, David Bakhtiari is the last guy you'd think would go off for a pass. Yes, that's the key of a trick play. But do you really should you really be throwing you know footballs to a guy that's you know got this this knee problem? So uh, Lafleur was asked about the the TD attempt to David Bakhtiari. Well, we wouldn't have put him in there if we didn't feel good about it, and if he didn't feel good about it. So that's a play that we've had up for multiple weeks. It it shows up. It looked like it had an opportunity. I think we got to do a little bit better job up front, making sure that we don't have any pressure in, in the quarterback's face, and then we just got to put it out there a little bit further for him. Yeah, I know we were devoid of a number one. Devontae, you know, was in Las Vegas. The Packers didn't, you know, take a first-round pick since Javon Walker to get one. They didn't do anything in free agency, but here's how to alleviate the problems at wide receiver, Mike. We're going to throw to David Bakhtiari. Yeah. Hey, I also want to point out something, too. Uh, Tom Silverstein, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, he had this story, sat on it because he wasn't 100% of it. But he was told last week that when the Packers were leaking out, oh, yeah, we were, we were in that Chase Claypool sweepstakes coming out of uh, Pittsburgh, but, you know, Chicago, they went with Chicago because they would probably have a higher second-round draft pick, uh, that they were trying to get Darren Waller's the, the tight end from the Raiders, which would have been the second time. And then later that came out uh, nationally. But, you know, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and Press Gazette, they had that story, but they, they just couldn't quite get it confirmed. On the other hand, I think it's interesting that some of the national guys are saying, you know, you guys are such suckers. Because like, the Packers keep on leaking this stuff like, oh, yeah, we were interested. We tried, but we didn't get the guy, you know. I mean, did, so they made a phone call. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, were yeah. they really well done? You didn't do anything. So were they really that aggressive? No. So skipping ahead, let's talk about McCarthy. Hell yeah! We got a chance to talk to him on a teleconference, and it was kind of bad audio. They put him on a speakerphone, but it was you know really good to catch up. I mean, here's a guy that's worked hard to get back into it, and uh, he was talking about. Uh, I thought this was interesting that he revealed that he has kept in contact with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, really looking forward to seeing Aaron. Uh, we've had great communication. You know, I have, I have nothing but, you know, love and, and gratitude for him. Um, I, I think like anything in, in life, I think personal relationships are, are private. I'm being better at, you know, expressing myself. <laughs> uh, when I think of him, I think of the, all the one-on-one conversations we used to have, especially in the younger days. And uh, it always ended with a hug and I love you. Yeah, if you're born in the 60s, Mike, he's now trying to, you know, be more emotional. But a lot of love, they've always talked about how they love each other. Even in 2018, I remember Rogers saying he, he loves McCarthy. Yeah, and, um, and you know, there's some gratitude there. I, I can attest to that, too. There's a couple times after a game, like, uh, you know, like they just open up the locker room doors. Uh, it's cold. You know, it's like a December, January game. And McCarthy was, like, briefing Rogers, like, hey, what happened on this play? What happened on that play? He's wearing his coat, and Rogers has still got his pads and helmet on, like that. And Rogers saying, I saw this, I saw this. Okay, great, great, because he wanted to make sure he understood what happened before he had to go to talk to the media. And then those two guys, I mean, big bear hug. That was just like standard. They'd gotten another win. That's the way they congratulated each other. So maybe this, you know, alleged division between those two was made up more at the time than it should be. You know, hmm. that, that gets clicks. I remember saying that a long time ago, Mike, but no one believed yeah. me. Yeah, but I, I definitely know the decision was made by Murphy uh, with literally Brian Goodikens sort of as the, the spy to say, what is going on down there? And why does the team look so flat and seem to be flat? 
and they were right that they you know Murphy used the word stale, and he was right. And right now it's sounding kind of stale, if you ask me. Hmm. What's going on in the, in the locker room? I think two weeks ago I was looking forward to this as a game. Now it's actually I'm looking forward to this diversion. <laughs> you know, one thing I really I, I'm kicking myself, you guys, because we're on the teleconference with with uh, McCarthy. And uh, this was from his press conference, but I, you know what I forgot to ask him was? So remember when Favre came back to Lambeau in the, you know, as a Vikings? You know, what's that going to feel like you to come back as a Cowboy? I wish it, but I, he was asked, how emotional is Sunday going to be walking in Lambeau Field as a head coach of the Cowboys? Uh, emotional? Uh, no, I, I think really, I, I think it's just like anything in this league. You have to... You have to get ready to, to go win, and you know I have great memories um, about about Green Bay, and you know I've spent spent a lot of time there. But you know I mean I'm, I'm four years removed from working there, and um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to taking our team up there. And, and you know like I told them today in a team meeting that you know this is a this is a really cool place to compete. You know obviously the history and tradition of Green Bay and Lambeau Field, and you know it's an experience that um, you know I want them to maximize. And but most importantly, we, you know we're going up here to win the game. Yeah, I mean, Mike, all business. I mean, you got a little emotional too on the podium. He, you know, he blubbered up a little bit talking about what else. Kids were born here, not whatever. It's, it was a cool press conference yesterday. Mike McCarthy grows up in his dad's bar in Pittsburgh. He works in a toll booth on the on the turnpike while he's interning for free at Pitt. That's how he gets into the NFL with the Chiefs and the Saints. And now, you know, he's been a head coach of the Green Bay Packers and the Cowboys, two tremendous franchises. This kid from a bar in Pittsburgh, and he talked about how his gratitude. Uh, to think that it, I've been the head coach of the Green Bay Packers and now the Dallas Cowboys, frankly, I, I never dreamed of that growing up in Pittsburgh. So I am very, very grateful. Green Bay wasn't just a place you coached. It's mm-hmm. very much, you know, where you lived. And Jessica, a special place for her, for your kids. What about the area... Do you and the family? No, this is bull. You guys trying to make me cry? Why don't you ask me a question about twelve person hour or something? He says, "What the? What the? Hey, What as an individual, as a family, as a unit? What about Green Bay? Do you guys miss most?" What I miss most? Yeah. Shoot. Um, I think it's like anything, the people. And um, that's why I think it's been such a great transition for our family because our, our kids, um, you know, were obviously born there, raised there. But to come here in this experience, because, I mean, I mean, a lifestyle in Dallas, Texas is incredible. I mean, this has been an incredible, incredible opportunity for us as a family. But, you know, uh, Jessica was born there. Kids were born there. <laughs> My guy. So, people, Mr. People. Freaking love him, Mike. I love Mike McCarthy. You got, you know, got me tearing up over here, bud. Well, you know, you know, the best part is, is, uh, is to be in the hallways at the combine two years ago, and here's he's this big hot shot at the Cowboys, and I, I feel somebody patting me on the back. Hey, and then he calls me by. He remembers your name and all that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I shook Mike McCarthy's hand one time a couple of years back. I haven't watched it since, Mike. <laughs> Mike, we'll check you out tonight.